Welcome to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, episode 43. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up guys? It's uh, JK3. Remember, Down by the Bank is sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Orange Park, and Clay County's only brew pub with Pinglehead Brewing Company on site. They're located at 14B Blanding Boulevard in Orange Park, Florida, and you can find them on brewerspizza.com. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the Blake Bortles controversy with the fifth year option picked up in his contract, as well as covering the draft. And so to kind of get right into it with Bortles, um, that's been a big topic. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but Mike Lombardi, uh, former NFL executive, he's now with the ringer. He, uh, pretty much went on a Twitter rant today, ripping the Jaguars for picking up that option. So what are, what are your guys thoughts on that? Derek, we'll start with you. You know, that's Caldwell's guy. It's Caldwell's guy. You know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Obviously, we know there were some behavioral issues, not as far as, like, acting up off the field, but maybe he wasn't trying as hard as he could. You know, maybe he's trying to correct that. We, we don't know, and and we probably won't know until the season starts because we definitely didn't know it last year until his play started, you know, being, you know, was really bad, and so that's the reflection of it. So, so we don't know, but, you know, they picked it up. Uh, I'm looking at the QB class possibly for next season, you know, like Sam Donald, Josh Rosen, et cetera, uh, Luke Falk. There, you know, there's some decent guys. There's some decent guys in next year's class. Uh, maybe we just, you know, they're trying to, you know, make sure they're, you know, CYA, you know. Maybe they're just trying to CYA. Who knows? But there can't be that much coverage with, with Bortles if he puts up the same performance that he did last year. Um, I, I really only agree with you in that, uh, as it's a CYA for the Jaguars. Um, here's the thing, Blake last year, he really didn't have as many weapons as he, he could have had around him. Uh, they were mediocre. Uh, I believe that Caldwell, like you said, is going to, you know, live and die by the Bortles, uh, like all GMs usually do where they do pick a quarterback, but I think they're going all in. They're going all in on, on Blake. They're doubling down. They're doing everything they can to make sure that they're giving him one, the responsibility for him being his team. You know, he's kind of gone through the growing pains of, uh, you know, the, the, the sophomore, you know, sensation. And, and, and now he's in that slump uh, that he was in now and they give him the growing pains. And then also, you know, they gave him the weapons around him with the draft and, you know, he's growing with Hearns and uh, Robinson, you know, a couple other guys on the team. I think right now it's they're 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 literally giving him the keys to the car and they're like, all right, you're going to run it into a into a wall or we're going to drive over the Buckman, which would probably end up running into a wall. Also, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, uh, you know, they're giving him the keys to the franchise, man. Yeah, I mean, my kind of just from a practical perspective, my simplistic thought on it is that he had one really, really good season, one really, really bad season. So I think it's worth looking at a third season just to see, you know, what wins out and uh, kind of from a financial standpoint, I guess the deal with the contract is, is that it's $19 million. So if they cut him prior to year five, which they can still do. Um, they're only going to be responsible for the $19 million if he gets hurt. So that's kind of the concern. But if anybody's ever heard of the sunk cost fallacy, if anybody's gone to for a finance degree, that's, you know, it, even if we end up paying him that money and he gets hurt, I mean, you can't even focus on that at all. I mean, it's just one, we have so much cap room that it's really irrelevant to begin with. But two, 
you give him the shot from the practical standpoint. If it doesn't work out, you just get another quarterback. I don't say, I don't think, I think people are overthinking it a little bit. There's a little too much talk on Twitter about it. They are. And who's to say that we don't still pick another quarterback, right? You know, ne- next season. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of your QBs only in the last, you know, so many years, let's say, you know, eight years, 10 years, you know, first, you know, first picks, first round picks. There's been some good QBs coming in those third, fourth, and fifth round. You know, Russell Wilson, you know, uh, I think he was second round. Uh, there's, there's guys that have performed well. I mean, look at Dak Prescott for crying out loud. So they, they, they just need to come up off of it. It doesn't hurt us that bad. It's not like we're strapped for cash. Just let it go. Let's see what happens. Hopefully he's – I would like nothing more than for him to do better and show his old self and, and, and progress right. because then that's one less player we have to get. <laughs> right. Okay. So like I said, we're not we're not one player away. We're like ten players away. And hopefully with this new, new class, which we're going to get into here in a second, um, that we got some of the players because – JK3 is going to have some really good points in the in a minute on what our division has done in the draft and right a couple teams have made some serious noise in our division. Yeah, I mean at the end of the day it's one of those things where they kind of done everything that they possibly can from a standpoint uh, of helping Blake and putting him in that position to win. You know, they've they've reinstated the confidence that they had in him by giving him you you know the the fifth year fifth year option. They didn't bring in any other quarterback competition. You know you still got Allen and you still got uh, Henny there. You know they've replaced and revamped some of the options around them. You know Marone they promoted within the 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 organization for someone that's familiar with Blake as well. They've done everything they possibly can except for have Coughlin out there throwing the footballs and throwing you know th- throwing the routes to 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 give this guy the advantage to win. And I think this is the, the year where they have to literally either win or we need to go back to the drawing board, uh, you know, from a, from a QB standpoint. Yeah. If that, if in fact it's his fault. Right. Well, it's actually a good transition because it kind of leads perfectly into our first overall pick in the draft in terms of a lot of people saying that, you know, we're, we're almost creating an environment where there's no excuses next season. Uh, we're not only do we take a, a, a potential franchise running back with the first you know overall pick or the fourth overall pick but we took an offensive lineman with the second round pick you know two of the deficiencies that they said that he's uh, had working against him the last few seasons so just to kind of start out with the first overall pick Lennon Fournette from LSU a couple uh interesting tidbits uh one thing I think a lot of people already know but he's a second running back in franchise history selected in the first round besides Fred Taylor um the only the third player from LSU taken in franchise history which was kind of surprising to me um, and the second running back taken from LSU in franchise history, uh, the first being LeBrandon Tofield in 2003. Um, so, and we kind of alluded in one of the episodes, uh, a couple episodes back, maybe 40 or 41, that he kind of fit Coughlin's, uh, style. And it, it wouldn't be, I know he wasn't our pick, our mock picks, but he, we wouldn't, I don't think any of us would have been super surprised if we took him just because it seemed to fit the Coughlin style of player. Yeah, I, I think that he definitely does fit the, uh, the, the Coughlin, uh, you know, recipe for success. You do have to have a bruising back. You do have to have someone that can, uh, you know, take those hits and not necessarily be elusive. 
you know, a lot of people are concerned about his elusiveness. Um, and, and I think that's what the running back position has kind of shifted to in the NFL now with your shady McCoys and, you know, a couple of these other, uh, you know, scat backs. I kind of like that they're going into the, the, the mode of smash mouth, smash mouth football by adding the, the, uh, the fullback as well, who we'll get into a little bit later. But it's just one of those things where we're going to line our 11 guys up. You bring your 11. You know we're going to run it down your throat. Stop it. If you can't, we're going to keep running it. We're going to keep running it. And that opens up the pass play game. That opens up the play action, which Blake has been his most successful, is on the run and in play action. So I think it's a great move, even though it wasn't one of our mock picks. Um, but I'm, I'm happy about the pick. I think if he can stay healthy, um, I think if he can, can uh, you know, uh, deliver those 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 hits that he's going to, um, you know, be able to give out when he gets a little bit downfield uh, past the second level, you know, I, I think it's great. The thing with Fournette, uh, he's a fantastic talent, big, strong kid. But in the National Football League, defensive backs can hit, and a lot of them can hit very hard. Just ask Gronk with Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas nearly cracked his sternum, and Gronk is a lot bigger than Fournette. Point is, when he gets to that second level, he starts running high with the high knees, you know, having the corners and the safeties bounce off of him. If he gets to that second level, he's got to be very, you know, very wary of that. Now, inside the red zone, you know, inside the 20 is where he can really, you know, help the team. Uh, that can definitely ease up the passing lanes because Bortles definitely had some last two seasons, man. We'll get down in the red zone, and we know the pick is coming, you know. <laughs> so that can definitely take some pressure off of him. I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm still 50-50 on the pick. It's growing on me each day, but, you know, at the end of the day, we couldn't have, you know, we, we could have got something worse. Yeah. Well, I will say when I when I first saw you right after the draft, you were certainly extremely dissatisfied <laughs> initially. So you're saying you've come off that a little bit. I've come off it a little bit, but my thing is, I like looking at college players. You know, I, I love the game of college football, and uh, you know, have your favorite team, but and all that other stuff, teams and conference, all that other junk doesn't matter. Let's look at the guy against teams that have NFL talent. Okay. So, like last year, the Gators and Alabama had NFL talent on both their defenses, and both those defenses wore him out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they're like, oh, he was hurt and all that. I don't want to hear that. No. Okay. <laughs> they wore him out. Now, against everybody else, you know, Arkansas and Mississippi State and Kentucky, okay, he did what he was supposed to do, which was wear them out. So. Well, from that's, like that's all I'm saying. Well, and from like the only made, thing I can really co- kind of comment about there because you did mention my uh, the mighty Gators of Florida, even though yes we did quote unquote wear him out, he still had 185 yards. Oh wow! I, I thought that was two. <laughs> I thought that was two years ago. It, are you talking about two years ago or this year? Because no, this past this, year he didn't play. This past year he didn't play. He he suited up because he was going to I guess Quincy Wilson kind of got under his skin and he had an ankle injury. And then he came out with his pads on, but he didn't end up playing. But the year before that, I believe it was he he racked up 185 yards on us, and uh, it wasn't pretty. Nah, hold on a minute, man. I, I'm I, I I really think that uh, he played against y'all, although he wasn't supposed to this past year. Yeah, I really do. 
Because I, I double checked that because I was like, okay, because you got the Gators had what five guys off that defense to get drafted, mm-hmm. maybe six, which that's outstanding. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah we'll follow, follow up with it though because I, I would like to see. Yeah, we can yeah he did he he did play, he did play in that game. Twelve carries, forty yards. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He was he was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, because that was the game they got moved. They they moved that game yeah. for the hurricane. Yeah, right. they tried they tried to cheat us. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot so, going on there. So, we'll so, so the LSU them. fans, if you say, "Oh well, he would have played had you know hurricane not happened," now, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, but, but that's that's a good point though. Like as far as his production decreasing, because that is something that people pointed out about him. Like, what do you attribute that to? Like, is that something that is easily like easily, um, I guess, replicable? in the NFL as a, a tactic against him? Did they use a specific strategy or scheme? Like, what what would you say? Well, well, I'll tell you this, and this is just generally speaking about any rookie in the National Football League. It's 16 games. Mm-hmm. There are no classes. There are no, you know, parties. None of that junk. It's 16 games. Now, college, they're playing 13, maybe 14. They go to a bowl game, conference championship game, but usually it's 12. So. The season's a lot a lot longer. They're starting earlier, you know, with the uh, camp uh, going into the season. So it's a it's a grind, and they have to get used to it. That's what they say ha- happens to a lot of rookies. So hopefully the grind doesn't wear him down after week five. Right. Yeah. And if you're and if you're lucky enough and, and go uh, into the postseason and go deeper into the postseason, uh, I mean your your season could easily go from sixteen to about what 19, 19 mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Think about it. people ask why does Tom Brady jump ship and always like go to Brazil and disappear when uh when the season's over with? That man's been playing like twenty weeks of football plus camp for the last fourteen sixteen years, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, I'd disappear too. Well, let me ask you, because you guys watch a lot more college football than I do. I mean, honestly, most of my, you know, viewings of these guys is uh, YouTube scouting after the fact. And, and all those videos are really good, usually. So I remember the Matt Jones highlight videos after we drafted him. I thought he'd be the greatest NFL player in history. Um, but would you compare, like, his running style? Because this just seems to be just kind of at a glance. He seems like like a Chris Ivory-type guy. I mean, isn't he kind of, like, almost identical as far as playing style to Chris Ivory to a certain degree? I, I think he's – I, I would compare him to, yeah, like a Chris Ivory. He's a, he's a very – you know, he's a bruising back. Mm-hmm. He's going to be someone that's not very elusive. You know, he's going to hit the hole. He's going to arrive – you know, he's going to arrive there and you're going to have to bring maybe one or two guys there to stop him. I mean, that's just the, you know, that's just the, the gist of it. You're, you're going to have to bring two guys there, two hats to the ball. Uh, one guy, I can, I, I really don't see him being taken down, uh, you know, unless somebody gets a paw on him or something and kind of slows him down. But, I mean, he's a bruising back. Mm-hmm. The, the, he's Chris Ivory, but Chris Ivory's 5'11". Hmm. That lower center of gravity. That that's what I'm really worried about is him running high, right? You know, because you can't run you can't run high, and whereas you know, in the in the uh, in college when you get to the second level, usually your linebackers are gone. They don't even try and chase you down. Whereas in the NFL, they're going to come and get you. DBs, if they don't hit you, they're going to be holding on for dear life, waiting for someone to come, you know, clean it up. Like you just said, two two hats on the ball, so. 
we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So if there's any remnants of a running game, I don't care who runs the ball. It looks like we got three running backs. You know, we're going to have three. They're probably going to cut Denard. So, you know, we got three running backs. They got to pick one. So, right. Yeah. The injury issues uh, last season, plus his running style and the way we've seen Chris Ivory get beat up that, that part scares me a little bit, but um, what do you guys think about his beard? How would you rate it on a scale of one to 10? Go. (laughs) 11. 11. Okay. All right. (laughs) Uh, I, I don't want to rake his beard. Um, does Co- I don't know. Does Coughlin make him shave it? Yes or no? <laughs> I mean, he's already got a bald head, so it's probably not because he shaved it bald. So just, just Coughlin need to leave him alone yeah. and uh, let him go. Let him grow his beard if he wants to. I thought his uh, honesty, I don't know if you guys watched his introductory press conference on uh, Jaguars.com, but they asked him, one of the reporters did who his favorite player was growing up. And he was like, yeah, I, I didn't watch football. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that honest of an answer to that type of question before, at least make something up. Right. Um, well, apparently they told him after the fact that, yeah, you're supposed to say somebody like Fred Taylor, you know, you <laughs> yeah. watch, you know after the camera will stop rolling. So, yeah. 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 Tad, uh, Dickman, you know, we're close, you know, obviously close friends with him now. And, uh, he listens. Yeah, that. He listens to every episode. Make sure you uh, you get with uh, with Leonard on that. You know it's important. He has some answers queued up. Um, but yeah, just kind of kind of my thought. I mean, just in the little bit of reading that I've done since then. I mean, sounds like the guy's been an elite player in every phase of football ever. So you think with guys like that, that seems to translate for the most part. Um, and then just like with Bortles and. You know, Fournette with his running style and, and potential to get injured uh, much easier. There just needs to be a balance. It can't be an all-run offense nor an all-pass offense. So, But overall, I would say, like, and I don't know if you guys agree with this or not, like his production and contribution uh, this coming season is going to kind of make or break it this year. What would you say? I, don't know, I wouldn't but- go with, yeah, make or break. Yeah. But I, I definitely think that he is going to be leaned on if he's in a like one back like if he's just like you know running back a or one a or b or one b on depending on how the the depth chart comes out but i think he's going to be leaned upon yeah it's there is a player on the roster that's make or break for the whole season for the team and his own personal you know playing time you know playing throughout the nfl that's Bortles. Hmm. he's make or break Nobody else is, but he is. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the second round, uh, another uh, draft position of need, I would say. Cam Robinson, uh, offensive lineman from Alabama. Uh, Just some quick uh, stats on him. He's the third player from Alabama drafted in franchise history. Again, super surprising, I feel like, that, again, only that many players drafted from such a big school. Um, uh, We've also taken Fernando Bryant, first overall or first round in 1999 draft, and, of course, most recently, TJ Yeldon in 2015. Uh, Mike Mayock called Cam Robinson a top 15 talent, dropped down to 34 in the draft. So obviously he has some weaknesses. Um, but a lot of people consider him to be in competition at uh, potentially left tackle or maybe play left guard this year. So uh, uh, JK3, we'll start with you. What are, what are your thoughts on the Cam Robinson pick? He started at Alabama, which is a college football institution, as a true freshman, meaning that he came from high school and was put in a position at left tackle, which is the most important position on the offensive line, in my, my opinion, because you're protecting your quarterback's blind side. 
And most times your quarterback's right-handed quarterback, his back is facing the left side. You have to protect his blind side like the movie. So if you are put into that position as a true freshman, not a red shirt, a true freshman, you've got to have some talent. And I think that, you know, he was on a lot of our radars, um, I believe, in around November, December time as a potential first first round pick. Um, I think that he's a first round talent and he just got a victim of the draft slide. You know, once, uh, you know, these these teams go on these runs of these players, good players just continue to slip and fall. It's exactly what happened uh, last year. A little bit with Miles Jack, when we were able to get him, uh, you know, early in the second round. His his knee was a little bit of one of the concerns, but still a first round talent that we were able to pick up early. Same thing with this guy. This is a, you know, a, a, a Joe Thomas type player, bookend left tackle. Very excited about the pick. Same here. I can't agree with anything more that you said. You know that just it's it's a definite need on the offensive line. I've been saying it. I've been screaming it for how many episodes are we in? Forty three. Mm-hmm. Forty three episodes. Offensive line push line of scrimmage. That's where the game is won. Not the high flying passing attack. Okay. Not the you know the. The scrambling quarterback, you know, it's one at the line of scrimmage. So they've addressed it. Uh, I was hoping that they would get a couple more, maybe one more offensive lineman. Uh, but we'll see with, with what we have now. You know, we obviously know we have uh, Linder. You know you have Albert. You got Robinson now. You just can go into that mix. Parnell, I, I don't know about that, but uh, who, who knows, but. We, we got to find five guys that want to, you know, team together and, and block, put some people on their butts and get down the field. Right. Yeah. Opinions are kind of all over the board. So Chris Burke on Sports Illustrated said uh, basically that he has the potential to be an elite left tackle in the NFL. But if you read uh, Big Cat Country, they had uh, I, I think they were pulling this from various sources, but they had anonymous scouts basically not saying so great things about him. So it kind of just seems all over the place on the guy, but I had no idea he came in at Alabama and started right out of high school. That's insane. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and then you look at, look at, you know, Alabama's run game as well. I mean, you know, the, the, there's a laundry list of running backs that were NFL talent that have, that have come through that school. I mean, look at your TJ Yeldon's, your Derek Henry. Um, you know, those are the only two that can really come up off the top of my head right now. Um, but and then on top of that, the amount of athleticism that he shows in their offense, they run screens. That's probably the most NFL ready uh, offense and defense in college football. And the amount of screens that they do run and the amount of different pass protections. And, you know, if you go back to uh, YouTube and look at some of his not only his pancake blocks, how he just doesn't stop until the whistle is blown, but how he can get out in front of a screen. And, you know, the offensive line is a really is a really big key to the screen. Uh, he can get out and run and just not necessarily, you know, take the safety or the, the corner that's coming back to, to try to, you know, uh, take out his knees. But he's blocking and then he's still moving downfield, you know, so I, I, I'm excited about the pick. When you I mean, he, he, he said running back, JK3 just said running backs. Let's look at the guys who we may not know about. You know, you know about your Mark Ingrams, your Trent Richardsons, your T.J. Yeldons. 
Uh, you know about, you know, no one knew who Eddie Lacy was until his last year, but he had been there all along. There's a guy that I guess he joined the Marines, the Army, and came back, Coffee, whatever. I think he ran, played at Alabama too. Yeah, um, Glenn Coffee. Glenn Coffee, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a laundry list of running backs, and Ingram's the only one that's really been consistent. Eddie Lacy would be if he could stop eating double cheeseburgers <laughs> and pizza. But a laundry list of running backs that have come in, from Alabama, 1,000-yard, 1,200-yard seasons, t- double-digit touchdowns, that's not because they were Barry Sanders, because they were running behind some Matt trucks that were giving them, like, lanes the size of Buicks, you know, so. Yeah. I don't know. Double cheeseburgers and pizza sounds really good right now. I'm excited about that. <laughs> um, Cam Robinson, on the other hand, be sure to eat double cheeseburgers and pizza. We need to get you nice and bulked up and ready to go, right? Isn't that? No, I guess they don't. They still eat healthy, even if you're a lineman, right? What, what's crazy is that the offensive linemen, man, they're not like the offensive linemen we, when we were growing up. Like, <laughs> you know, they were just like hogs, just these huge, <laughs> fat guys. These offensive linemen. I mean, these guys are like six eight and like two hundred or almost three hundred upwards pounds of just solid, just just muscle, just massive humans, man. It's crazy to see. Yeah. Well, so just kind of a final thought. I mean, considering where he was drafted, just everything I've read, I mean, it seems like a really good value pick. Um, obviously, it's a position of need. I'm not super. We didn't really touch on this too much. I'm not super excited about having to trade draft picks uh, to get him because I think that you should definitely accumulate draft picks um, and, and use all of them because the draft is a gamble in itself. Um, the more you have, the better. But uh, it sounds like they've really valued him enough to, to get up there at the top to take him. So uh, if they think highly of him, hopefully they're right. Um, third round pick, we got, uh, Dwayne Smoot, uh, defensive end from Illinois. So, uh, Homer pick for the cons, uh, is the fourth. He actually beats the Illinois beats, uh, Alabama and LSU is the fourth Illinois player taken in franchise history, which is really surprising. Um, pro football focus, uh, said that he had 43 quarterback pressures in big 10 competition, which was the second most in the conference. And they compare him to Robert Quinn of the LA Rams. So Derek, uh, defensive end, definitely something we need. Uh, what do you think about Smoot? Hey, if he follows up with another Illinois player, uh, Kevin Hardy, he was a good, you know, he was a different position, good linebacker, mm-hmm. but you know, we'll, we'll take all the, you know, help we can get on that, uh, on that edge, uh, we just got to find some guys that want to go after the quarterback. It uh, doesn't have to be two defensive tackles and two defensive ends. They'll put three and one. They may even put four. Uh, it'll probably be three and one most of the time with uh, Malik Jackson and then three defensive ends on third down. But that's what they're looking to do is uh, rush four and drop seven and still be able to get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, you know, I, I'll take him. I don't. I didn't watch. Uh, Many many Big Ten games this season, but if he if he's uh, able to put up some some numbers and some pressures, and he doesn't, you don't have to get sacks. You don't have to be pretty. You just have to be destructive. Okay, whatever they're trying to do, just blow it up, and hopefully he can do that. Um, I, I agree. You know, last year we were able to also get someone in the third round that no one knew of, and his name was uh, Yannick Ngakwe. So, I mean, there, yeah. there's definitely something that we can do, and there's definitely something that can be said for a defensive end with a motor 
on him and and that's willing to just not stop and be relentless and that's what he is i mean smooth you know some of the film that i've watched uh, on him and some of the, the highlights that i've seen you know it looks like he is quick with his hands he's very violent with his hands he gets off the ball quick and he creates that separation between himself and the offensive uh you know the offensive lineman to diagnose the play to read and react and you know at, at in at the end of the day you know he gets to the quarterback so i mean that's exactly what we're looking for uh does address that defensive line uh that we we needed to kind of add a little bit more depth to which we have done in free agency uh I, you know i think it's a great pick yeah one thing that was kind of interesting uh, i was on 10 10 xl this morning actually is that apparently todd mcshay had smoot as a top five draft pick back in mid 2016 so uh obviously he fell off and didn't have as good of a season last year but that's kind of crazy if you think about it so um so just overall we need pass rushers so why not uh definitely a good pick um fourth through the seventh rounds we'll kind of uh, hit on a couple of these guys one controversial pick for sure that blew up and I actually got into a semi argument with, uh, uh, what's his name? Cow, who's the guy who used to work for the Times Union that's, uh, up, up in New York now? Um, he used to have the show with Pete Prisco. Derek, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, okay. Mike Freeman, yeah. Mike Freeman, Mike uh, Freeman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he got on to me, I guess, because, uh, Caldwell, had uh, said at the press conference because D.D. Westbrook's had a little bit of, uh, you know, off the field issues here or there. And, and Caldwell had made the comment, uh, you know, we've all been accused of things at one point or another and then caught himself and said, well, maybe not all of us because I can guarantee I've never been accused of any crimes outside of uh, work, but um, or in general. But, uh, you know, uh, Heisman Trophy finalist, uh, speedy guy, but everything I read about him, he, he's real comparable to Marquise Lee, uh, fourth round. I mean, you guys, uh, and JK3, we'll start with you. Do you think that the potential and the, the scouting and the homework I'm sure they did on him, uh, outweighs the potential risk with the off the field stuff or, or what are your thoughts? I mean, you can do, you know, as much homework as you possibly can on the guy. And if he doesn't pan out to be a football player, then he- He's just not going to be the person. You know, it looks like they were looking for that fast twitch athlete. Um, My only hesitancy about drafting receivers, it just has never worked out for us. I mean, it just, I mean, any high profile receiver, should I say, excuse me, just hasn't worked out. I mean, um, I I just hope that, you know, this pick, I I really just hope that it's not a reach. Um, You know, there were some pretty good players that were still on the, uh, on the board at this time, I believe Jake Butt, uh, the tight end from uh, Michigan, was still available, um, who would have been a great addition uh, to some of the other tight ends that we have right now. But I just hope that, you know, with his off-field issues, and I, I hope the off-field issues stay off-field, and I just hope that he can take the top off the defense like he did last year. I mean, long story short. Yeah. Creating competition at a position. You got some guys, you know, Marquise Lee is definitely going to show up this year because he's about to get into a contract year. Uh, A-Rob, Marquis, uh, Alan Hearns already got his deal. Uh, Rashard Green, kind of, you know, he was hurt last year, so he, he fell off. So now you've got, you know, one, two, three, four guys. Now you've got a fifth. Uh Brian Walters, you know, I don't think he's no longer with the team. So creating competition at the position. Let's see who comes out on top. Yeah. yeah Coaches think- will do that. Mm-hmm. Coaches will do that sometimes. GMs and 
they'll do that because they know that, hey, okay, these guys need to be pushed. You know, you, you got Allen Robinson was, you know, he was fighting for the ball, mad, wanting balls thrown to him in practice, even when the play wasn't going his way just to stay into it. Marquise Lee's kind of motivation is different. I don't care what people say, but he just playing for a contract, you know, it's just for him to just magically show up like that. You know, yeah, he's been injured and whatnot, but yeah, and that's good. Maybe he'll want to stay. Who knows? But you know, hopefully, he has the same performance. Hearns, you know, he 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 got his contract, he got his deal, and and you know, still got some some stone hands. You know, just eh. still the same story. One catch can look absolutely fantastic, and the next routine catch, you just boom, he drops. Yeah, and Rashard Green's been injured, so. Guys, I watched minutes of YouTube film on D.D. Westbrook, and he had some good plays. So I, uh, not supposed to be a joke. I don't know if you don't like that one. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, he, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like me personally, I think he could be the steal. Because, I mean, all the, like the, it seems like the off the field stuff is really what drove him to go further down in the draft. <laughs> Because everything I read about him, he just seems like he is a legit receiver. I mean, Lee, he's going to push Lee. And then I think the off-the-field stuff, having Coughlin and especially having Keenan McCardell as the wide receivers coach and a mentor, I don't know. I feel like he can get that behind him and be a pretty good contributor. And I think he definitely cements uh, Rashad Green not making the team. I think he's absolutely going to make the team over him. Uh, so it's a gamble. But if he can get it in check, you know, it could be a huge steal. Um, one thing that uh, in the fifth round, Blair Brown, linebacker from Ohio, and in all honesty, I have not seen any Ohio football, uh, maybe ever, but uh, Mike Renner of PFF, we had him on the last episode, um, he said that he personally thought, and their analytics department thought, that he could potentially be the steal of the draft. Um, some of the uh, numbers they had on him is that he ranked first in FBS in tackling efficiency with just three misses and 96 solo tackles. And in 16, only Reuben Foster had an overall, uh, a higher overall and run defense grade than Brown. So um, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of exciting. Uh, JK3, have you? what do you think about Brown? Have you read up on him? And what are your thoughts? Well, he's from uh, Ohio, not the Ohio State. So uh, that's one thing I learned. Um, secondly, <laughs> secondly, um, you know, he's listed as an undersized linebacker, right? He's listed as, you know, someone that's not your prototypical linebacker. He's not your prototypical, uh, this and that, but once again, someone who's on the team that wasn't listed as your prototypical, t- prototypical linebacker who was small, undersized, but one thing you couldn't count him out was his heart, Telvin Smith. And that's exactly what I see in this guy. I see somebody who's going to put a hat on the ball, and he's going to hit you when he gets there and wrap up. He doesn't miss tackles. He he is a, a smart player. And I think that hopefully that transitions uh, to the league. And, and it kind of stinks because he, he went to a small school like Ohio, and he gets, you know, doubted a little bit because of the small schoolness and, you know, where he's coming from or whatever. But overall, in some of the plays that I've seen, he's very quick to read and react and diagnose and play and get where he needs to go in a hurry. Heart, man. Heart, determination. Been told a, a, a lot over his playing high school and college. Hey, you know, you might be too small. You know, you might not have what it takes. We need our linebackers to be 6'4", 6'3", 230 pounds. You know, that doesn't matter. It's all about heart, man. And, again, creating competition. You have three young linebackers learning from a really good seasoned veteran linebacker just to soak it all in. Um, I think, you know, with, with pause moving 
to the uh, strong side. You got uh, Jack in the middle, Telvin on the outside. You know, who knows where he'll fit. He'll definitely be on the depth chart. You know, hopefully he makes it through camp and, uh, you know, turns into a, a fantastic player. But it's all about heart. We, we need as many guys with heart and passion. You know, people picked at, you know, Jalen, you know, although he's a DB, he's not a linebacker. People picked at him for crying. That wasn't tears of, I'm upset, so I'm going to cry. It was tears of passion because right. he hated losing. So that's the type. Sometimes people forget. They, they look at the physical and the tackle efficiency and all that other garbage. And no, you, you got to look at passion sometimes, too. And that's what these old school football coaches and, and, and GMs and, and team presidents, that's what they look at, too. Not just, what, what, what do you want to call it, like the intangibles? Right. The non-measurables? Right. Th- things like that. Yeah, I don't know. You definitely motivated me with that speech. I think I'm going to get up and exercise in the morning, like I always say. Uh, it wasn't a motivated <laughs> I'm just saying. It, you know, no, I agree. I agree. It, it got, it got yeah. so, I got so angry with Jags fans. You're like, oh, Jalen, you know, why are you crying like a little baby? <laughs> Dude, you feel like taking another L? <laughs> if you were playing, you won't take another loss? Yeah. Okay. No, I agree <laughs> so, with you. I think that's cool. I mean, I don't have any problem with it at all. And, and, and by the way, to go on a side rant, so we're talking about the Jaguars fans, specifically Twitter, I'm sure, ripping on Jalen Ramsey. My God, is it negative on there lately? I don't know about you guys, and I'm not ripping on people or anything, but I swear there's not one thing the team can do that anybody would be excited about. I mean, there there's a part of being a fan that's being critical, but there's also, I feel like, a part of being a fan where you're supportive and you have some optimism, and it is depressing to read that stuff sometimes. Well, you know, look at it. everyone wanted a flashy draft because we had a top five pick. When has Coughlin ever had a flashy draft? Right. I'm gonna sit here and wait while no one answers that question because <laughs> he doesn't. But the man's got two rings, okay. And as team president, he's trying to, you know, obviously probably adjust to his position, but at the same time instill some of those same qualities. You got to have role players. You can't have flash. If we if we want to look at Flash, just look at Jalen. I mean, he's all the Flash we're gonna freaking need. So, right. <laughs> everybody else, you know, we gotta have role players. And so, hopefully, you know, not all of our picks will be role players, but a good bit of them. Yeah. Fill in those gaps. How about uh, how about you, JK three? Do you uh, do you hate tweet about the Jaguars? I, I don't. I don't hate tweet. <laughs> I, I don't. But I will say my thoughts on what I've been thinking <laughs> through through the game, and you know I will question, you know, throwing a a screen pass in the fourth <laughs> quarter with uh, when you need to get a, a a first down, you know, to win the game. I'll question you going behind the line two 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 yards when you have to get a, a fourth and three. I'll question that. But one thing I will not do is go out and just you know hate the team and, 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 you know, speak any of this negative energy out about the Jags because I think a lot of it is just people are just tired of seeing them lose. Right. And some people just can't articulate, you know, their emotions without being negative or without being condescending. Or vulgar. And I think, yeah, or vulgar. You're right. And, and I think that's where a lot of the people, you know, they, they, they look for different ways to, to win. You know, they try to get rise out of the players, which is what happened last year with A-Rob and the fans, you know. And, and that's one thing that can that can contribute to a, a player's psyche. Because if, if he comes out and he's getting booed from the minute they announce him 
Um, you know, he, he catches a touchdown pass, still gets booed. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to please everybody. Maybe we're just not following the right people on Jack's Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, that could be it too. I don't know. I just, but, I mean, I but, back to back to Jack's Twitter. Shout out to my boy um, at Nachi seven one nine who was uh, completely pumped when uh, Brian Sexton was announced that he was back to the uh, to to be the Jags voice. So uh, I don't know if that's been official yet, but uh, I did get a text from him, um, and he was completely stoked about it. I didn't know about that. I, yeah, yeah, they, uh, they, they, they. I actually knew about that two weeks ago. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, they, they had made a change. They were talking about it. Um, Hacker was talking about it on 1010. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about that. I'll have to read up on that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. And, and, and I think I agree with you. Like, it, I think it's fine to criticize kind of like at a micro level. Uh, specific things and, and whatnot, but at a macro level, in terms of just embracing the team and and not having uh, <laughs> hate in your heart, <laughs> I think that's that's the difference. I feel like, as you can usually tell, and so uh, let's uh, let's not be negative, Nancy's twenty four seven. All right, it's not fun to read. Um, all right, so no sixth round pick. Uh, so uh, good job, uh, Jaguars there. Uh, seventh round pick, Jalen uh, Myrick, cornerback from Minnesota. Uh, he is known for being the guy that Dave Caldwell uh, said on the uh, call to him that he was drafting him. Are you ready to be the other Jalen? Which was such a super awkward thing to say, I feel like, for this guy's introductory call to the NFL, but that's okay. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on him? I mean, seventh round pick, what is it? A special teams player, probably, maybe a little competition? Eh, special teams, another body. You never know. You never know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he is a, um, you know, I think he's going to be a, just another competition type player that was going to come in. And you never, you, like, like, like Derek said, you just never know what kind of gem you can find. Uh, you mentioned earlier that the draft is a gamble. Um, and, you know, some, some players, you know, do come out of that, but it all comes down to, you know, you having the heart and that grit and willing to come out and, you know, outwork the next person. Yeah, absolutely. And then seventh round as well. We had two in the seventh round. Um, one guy that, uh, I think, uh, JK3, you mentioned that, uh, you were watching some, some film on and, and that's Marquez Williams fullback from Miami. So our second fullback on the roster. Again, two more than we had all of last season and, uh, seems like a, a pretty big guy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm excited about this. The guy looks the part. He looks like he brings one of those silver construction worker lunch pails to work <laughs> every day. He has no neck. It's literally just shoulders. <laughs> it's literally shoulders. I, when I took a look at him and when I saw him, I, I, I was. It, it should be illegal for this guy to even wear a helmet because of his, his. I mean, his upper body is just unbelievable. He really reminds me of a younger, more athletic Mike Tolbert. Oh wow! And if anyone knows who Mike Tolbert is. Um, he, you know, he's a long time, you know, bowling ball that has, you know, went, went around the, uh, bounced around the league, no pun intended, but, uh, I mean, he's <laughs> just, when he, when he, when he clears lanes, I mean, he, he's just destructive, man. I, and if you guys get bored or if you're at work or anything else like that, just look up, uh, you know, Marquez, Marquez, excuse me, uh, Williams fullback Miami YouTube highlights and just watch if you, if you like watching like those ESPN videos of like jacked up and stuff like that. And just watching people just get hit. Just watch it, man. When this guy gets in, he can catch, he's got good hands also, but when he gets in open space and it's literally like 
a freight train coming at you and you have nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah, one I'm really year. Really excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> one year of FBS experience and was able to put in that kind of production. Wow. Major college football. I think he played three years at a small school in North Carolina. I have to look it back up. But, uh, hey, fullback. That means you got two on the, what, we got two on the roster now? Two yeah, fullbacks yeah, on the two. roster now? Yep. So that means we're committed to running the ball. So for everyone that's used to with a high-flying passing attack that's going to put fans in the seats, if you want to win, you must run the football. And we're getting ready to. All right, so do we want to assign arbitrary grades to the draft, uh, you guys? Or I'm, I, I personally think that's just so random. I'm just going to go with TBD to be determined because it's like I don't even know how you can really grade it uh, that much. But do you guys have any kind of uh, arbitrary graph grade that you want to give? Graph grade. <laughs> draft grade. <laughs> draft grade. <laughs> Before we, edit, before edit. we even before we end out of uh, of the 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 draft grades, <laughs> there's a receiver that we got from uh, Syracuse. His name is Amba Eta Tawu, and I don't I, I don't hope I'm saying his name correctly, but for if I'm not, all you need to know is this guy in his senior year, 94 catches, 1,482 yards, 14 receiving touchdowns on a team that went four and eight. He went four and eight and was able to put up that amount of production. And the only reason why I know this guy and, I, and this guy was even on my radar is because when I do watch, uh, you know, college game day, they do, they always do these obscure stories on these, uh, on these athletes and these players that no one's never heard of. This just have these uh, unbelievable attributes and everything else like that. His hands are massive. Uh, he's from a small town in Georgia. I don't know the uh, exact town that he that he's from, but the guy is a baller. I mean, he gets out and, and is just, I mean, crisp routes. I mean, he knows the entire route tree and has soft hands. I'm very excited to see uh, see this guy uh, in, in training camp. I think he's going to be one of the one of the stories. And if he makes the team or if he gets cut, uh, he, I mean, if he, I, I hope he does not get cut and end up. You know, just being someone else's maybe uh, third or fourth receiver. So you think he could be like an Alan Hearns kind of uh, pickup uh, under the radar kind of thing? I definitely think this guy can make the team um, as, as an undrafted free agent. I, I really do, and, and depend, and it all depends on the type of work ethic that he decides to bring in the camp, which goes back in the heart. Uh, I mean, if he can continue to come out and you know do have this type of production that he's capable of doing. I mean, he's 6'2", 200. They have him listed on ESPN as 6'2", uh, 202 pounds. Uh, he's got seven inch. I think his, his hand width is seven inches. So for you guys that aren't really good at, you know, uh, math or anything, just take your Comcast remote <laughs> and, and, and put it from your thumb to your pinky. That's about how, how long his hand, that's about how wide his hands are. All right. So, um, all right, so as far did you guys want to assign a grade at all to the draft or or maybe just your overall thoughts like uh you know was it you know what you expected uh, underwhelming overwhelming you know Derek what would you say about uh, Coughlin's first draft as the VP I'm not going to assign a draft grade I'm going to say to be determined yeah but I am going to and I'm going to ask JK3 to further elaborate on this cuz he he started off with this before we started uh recording uh this episode but we better hope we did well 
because looking at some of uh, our divisional rivals' uh, drafts, I mean, come on. Like, I- I'm looking at Indies right now. You know, Indy had one, two, three, four, five, six picks in four rounds. Wow. Six. And if you and if you look, they had eight in five rounds. So Indy got eight players in five rounds. I mean, if you look yeah. at Houston, they got Deshaun Watson. Enough said they needed a quarterback. Houston is a player away. They are a player away from being a, a dominant force yeah. in the league. And Tennessee, you know, uh, so but yeah, elaborate on that, JK three X. Yeah. As far as draft grades go, the only letter that matters to me is W, <laughs> and that's the amount of wins that we get out of this draft. I think we've, as a fan base right now, I think we've done everything we possibly can and uh, exhausted every ounce of optimism that we possibly can. Uh, and and now it's just time to it's. Time to put up or shut up. I mean, you, you know, just to say it as Frank, the only thing that matters to me is at the end of the year, do we have more notches in the in the W column than we do have in the L column? That that's it. But um, to go into the to draft and some of the things I was taking notes of and, and kind of uh, you know making some uh, correlation with some of the players uh, with the Colts, uh, Malik Hooker. Uh, you know, and, and and when they drafted him at safety, I immediately thought of Bob Sanders and the amount of uh, destruction that and, and heartbreak that he's caused. You know, every Jaguars quarterback that's ever played. Uh, you know, he was a long tenured, uh, you know, safety. Sucks that he had that that pectoral. I think he had a pectoral issue that kept him out of the games and, and was injury ridden. But just unbelievable talent. Um, Quincy Wilson is another. Um, you know, corner that they could that could possibly pan out and, and work out for the Colts. Um, you know, he he would he would be in another long list of their their great defenders that they have had, which kind of go under under the radar. The Colts are pretty much known for their passing attack with uh, you know Peyton and Edwin James, um, you know, and uh, Marvin Harrison as well. Stokely, you know, anybody that you could throw out there, you know, Peyton Manning was there. So their defense kind of goes undershadowed, which was really good at one point. Um, Derek, you mentioned Houston being one player away. Uh, if Deshaun Watson turns out to be, you know, quote unquote, this year's Dak Prescott, uh, which I don't know how he would be this year's Dak Prescott because he's probably going to start uh, at quarterback in Houston. So, uh, you know, it's not going to take a quote unquote, a franchise player like Tony Romo or something like that to for him to get his opportunity. He's probably going to get his opportunity from day one in camp. I mean. You know, this team got torched by Tom Savage last year. Tom Twenty One Savage for all, <laughs> all, all, for, for all of my rap for all of my rap uh, fans out there. We got torched by Tom Savage last year, and if Watson is what he's cracked up to be, you know that 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 could be trouble for us for for a while. I mean, we've already got Mariota in the division. We've already got Andrew Luck in the division. The last thing we need is another capable quarterback. Well, he's here now, so the defense that we built up is going to be put to the test uh, at least, you know, half of the year because we play all three of those guys uh, twice a year. And lastly, um, with the Titans, uh, Adoree Jackson, the uh, cornerback from uh, UCLA – or excuse me, USC, uh, he's a very dual-threat person. Uh, he can, He's a solid return man. He has a nose for the ball. And automatically when I thought of this guy as well as uh, Samari Roll, with the Titans and anyone that's, you know, followed the Jacks for as long as we have, 
Um, you know, the players that I've named in comparison to you understand the type of heartbreak and heartache that they've caused uh, in the past. So it's kind of, you know, imperative that we get in front of these players now and literally, like Coughlin has been saying, you know, win today. Uh, you know, I can't, can't, you know, can't emphasize it as much. And, and in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that's really funny. No, that's awesome. That's great analysis. Do you have any thoughts, uh, Derek, on kind of uh, the Jags keeping up with the competition? Like, would you say that our front office was uh, comparable as far as uh, the draft goes? Those boys better buckle up their, their chin straps and get ready for camp. Uh-oh. That's all I'm saying. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. They better get ready for camp. You, you, we know who's going to come to camp ready. We we know of, of players on the team, especially on the defense, that are going to come to camp ready. But you know, as far as the coaching staff, you know, whether you, you have you know continuity with guys because it's an, you know hired from within or not, they better come ready because in looking at some of these teams, like looking at Tennessee and looking at you know Houston and Indy, they're not playing around. Like they 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 drafted exactly who they needed. To try and win, and especially like let's Indy for instance. Before we go, they got a top three quarterback in the league, and that's all they have. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Not and anymore. we're getting pretty good. We're getting a pretty good look at these guys. Uh, you know, next week. I don't know if anybody's been following, but you know, we got rookie training camp next week. So, uh, I mean, we'll get a really good look at who's been conditioning in the building and. and you know, some of these undrafted free agents um, and, and some of the guys that we've picked up, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be awesome that it's already like almost here. Trading camp is, is already here. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Is that, um? do we know if that's open to the public at all? Will they have uh, any openings for us, to, anybody to come in and just take a watch or take a look? I mean, T, T, T Dickman, Tad, holla, holla at your boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, uh, I don't mean like media credentials, although we'll take it. Um, but I mean, just, uh, you know, like, like, you know how they'll have like the stands open and stuff where you can pop in there and, uh, you know, just watch for a little bit. I didn't know. I can't remember if they do that for rookie camp or not. I can't remember, uh, either to be honest. All right. Well, I'll have to research that. And for any, uh, of us fellow football nerds out there that go to training camp. If you know, uh, shoot us a tweet or an email down by the bank and gmail.com. And, uh, maybe we'll go out there and check it out. Um, but to kind of wrap up, uh, thanks again for listening. We're closing in on 10,000 total listens, which is pretty awesome. We've been at this for about nine months. So that'll be a little bit of a little milestone for us, which is cool. Um, we just had one recent episode with Mike Renner of PFFs, uh, giving his analysis of the draft from kind of an analytics uh, standpoint. So definitely check that out and uh, also had a little fun clip uh that uh did pretty well uh with dave caldwell's uh, dad jokes from the draft uh, i think he's a pretty solid dad joker uh, my daughter thinks i am too so i relate um <laughs> but uh anyway uh any final thoughts uh you guys on the draft or the team or any recent news or uh some new dailies place uh, performers coming up or anything like that uh, we're not going to comment on that that dailies place although I, I drove past it today. It, it's coming together. It's coming together, man. Yeah. They, they, re, they really did a good job. All they got to do is just get some acts that I want to go see, and we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, yeah, Daly's Place. You know, hey, I haven't heard anything yet. Uh, you know, shout out to all. I mean, you said 10,000 listens. Uh, you know, that's kind of crazy, man, that 10,000 listens, like, you know, that you guys are coming together weekly to seeing some of the content that we put together. 
Uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate some of the love that we've been getting on Twitter too. So thank you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you go to our Twitter bio, cause we're on Twitter and Facebook, if you go on the Twitter bio, you'll find, um, our individual Twitter accounts as well. Each of us tweet a little bit, uh, here or there. So definitely give us a follow. Um, and as far as Daly's place, Dawes for my, uh, my indie folk fans out there, Dawes just got announced on October 25th. So it's, wow. uh, it's pretty good. Oh, and so I'm, pretty, I'm excited. That's, that's a good band. I don't know if you guys haven't checked out. I'm not talking about like some nineties, eighties. This is like a legit, like current band. That's good. So, um, saw them. Are they, are they along, are they along the lines of, uh, like fish? No, God, no. They, we saw them. Uh, we saw them. I, no, I don't know. I don't know, man. A lot of my, a lot of my coworkers talk about fish at work. Like it's like, the best thing, I'm like fish. Like you talking about like tilapia. <laughs> we got mackerel. Like what, what, what kind of fish we talking about? Well, F I S A. First of all, I don't even know what fish is. Like I don't even know what band that is. So I, I can't even make the the correlation. But Dawes open. We saw them open up for Bob Dylan like uh, a couple years back, and they've kind of blown up since then. It's like southern indie uh, uh, rock music, I guess is the best way to say it. But they're pretty good. Um, like with banjo, like with banjos. There's some banjos here or there, I think, occasionally. Um, it's, right, it's not what right, you're we, envisioning, we where they're making moonshine while they perform, but it's it's uh, it's pretty good. All right, guys, we're gonna go ahead and end the episode right now. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for ten thousand listens. Uh, great to have you all, and uh, go Jags. Y'all take care. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around—a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.